0: Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis.
1: Hi, I'm Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. I'm so excited that you're with us today. Hi, I'm Laura
0: Nolette, and I'm excited to talk to you today, too.
1: Today, we are going to talk about writing a cozy mystery in high school, because that's something that Laura and I have done together. We have had our kids write a novel, and the younger ones actually wrote cozy mysteries.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun working with the students doing little worksheets and and. Building all of the blocks that make up a cozy mystery. Who knew that it was such an organized and deliberate process that you go through to come up with these great mysteries that I love reading? I love reading them, too. And it is kind of at first it was disappointing to like
1: find out all the process. But then now I find myself, when I'm reading A Cozy Mystery, looking for all the ingredients that I've taught my kids to to do. We've been homeschooling a long time. Our children are actually all grown and out of the nest, and our grandchildren are being homeschooled. Laura's son married my daughter, but they're not at the age to do this. We actually take a year in high school, and we devote it to writing a novel because There is something about writing a novel that is so fulfilling. It teaches so much about literature, and it really gives our children a writing skill that they wouldn't – writing skills, I guess I would say, instead of skill, that they wouldn't get by just doing the normal English literature classes. So we had a really good time with – our children, then in co-ops, homeschool co-ops, and now even teaching this class online. This is my second year teaching this class online.
0: Working with kids in the co-op was so interesting because I have creative children, you have creative children, but even kids that were, you know, like geeky science kids or, or computer kids they actually got into it as well and were very creative. It was a fun way to kind of tap into that part of your brain. And I think a lot of the kids who didn't necessarily like writing before they began the class actually found it interesting and started looking into other ways to exercise their writing muscles. That is so true because I even had
1: someone say, my mom is making me hate take this class, and I am going to hate it. And at the end of the year, said to me, wow, this was one of my favorite classes ever. So I think you're right. I think it unlocks something. I mean, don't you think, Laura, that everyone has a story in them that they want to tell?
0: I think so. I think we all are natural storytellers to some extent. So, yeah, everyone has one. I can't remember there wasn't there a quote a famous quote somewhere from somebody that everybody has a book at least one book inside of them. Yes, that is
1: a quote. I don't know where it's from, but that is such a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, I a couple years ago, I ended up teaching online at True North Homeschool Academy. And when I talked to Lisa about what possible classes I could take go teach, she said, Well, we really need English classes. So of course I told her about our American literature and research class, which is very classic, you know, reading and uh, learning to write a research paper step by step. And then I said, I also have a class called Who Done It, where we teach kids to write a cozy mystery, but I really didn't think it would work well online. Well, she said, oh my goodness, we have to do that. I've never heard of a class like that. And so I taught it and it was an adjustment at first, teaching it online, but I found a way to work with the online atmosphere because a lot of teaching this class is sharing your writing with each other in a kind of a peer review. And not in so much of a formal, like, okay, here's my thing, you know, peer review me, but just really reading out loud and then saying, okay, everybody, what do you like about this story? And getting some positive feedback and then saying, what do you think could make this story better? And so that um, ended up really working online. We've done it in the whole Zoom room, and we've also done breakout rooms, Put, I've had to put like one of the, um, stronger leadership students in charge of one room and me in another. And that anyway, it's just really worked out well. And the kids really enjoy it. Now, it is always, I think, a learning curve when you switch from teaching a class in person to online.
0: Yeah, I found that too and what's been interesting is I like relationships. I like to get to know my students better and you can see how easily that can flow when you're in person together and you're meeting regularly in the same building and you, you know, see each other in the hallway or at lunch and you're, you know, joking around or, you know, playing around with them and, and getting to know one another's personality and I was really concerned about that. Going into the um, online education environment, mm. but I, in my classes, I like to, and I think you do this too, I like to like leave buffers of time in there so that they can express themselves, even if it isn't strictly on topic. And we've been able to really bond together and, you know, when it's been appropriate, I've been able to express my, you know, support to them and encourage them to, you know, seek us teachers out as people they can talk to if they need to and you know we're there to help their parents homeschool them and so we want to we want to be in relationship with them in order to do that it's so much easier to help a family if you have a relationship with them and so it it, it, took, it took a little forethought a little more careful planning than when um we were just seeing everybody in person but i think i think it's working well I think so, too. And one of the things I think you're right about is
1: that relational aspect, because that was something I wondered, how are we going to do this? And because who done it is, I mean, writing a cozy mystery, let's face it, it's writing about relationships yeah. and then, you know, tweaking your book, very relational. I think you need the groundwork of relationships to be willing to share your book out loud. To share parts of your story out loud, and I think that is why what you said, leaving buffer time. And so I've done that in my class, Who Done It: Literature and Writing. It's an, a high school English class. I teach it at True North Homeschool Academy, and of course, many people buy this curriculum, Who Done It: Murder Mystery Literature and Writing, who don't go online or don't go to a homeschool co-op they use it at home it's also been popular in homeschool co-ops but if you're interested in purchasing who done it it you can find it at powerlineprod.com under our store and basically it does laura alluded to this at the beginning but you start at the beginning of the year and throughout the entire year we read Golden Age Cozy Mysteries. So I'm talking Agatha Christie, Sir Conan Doyle's, Sherlock Holmes, Father Brown Mysteries, Dorothy Sayers, and, and all these classic writers, and then several short stories. And they're all the only modern uh book we read is Mary Higgins Clark, and she is just so amazing at suspense. So these are classic vintage books, good vocabulary, good content. And then so we're reading that throughout and gleaning different things from them as we read. But then we start the year with creating a detective and then creating a sidekick and creating a well-rounded character that has flaws and strengths. And then we begin to create the other characters we talk about settings, how to create settings, and I have the kids look at writing a murder mystery as if they are writing um, a TV show or a movie, to think in terms of scenes, one scene then the next, because, okay, here are the characters, where are they, what are they talking about? Who is all in inside this scene? And I think that really helps them because if you read a cozy mystery, you almost get that feel as you're reading through it. There's a scene and then another and then another. So we even actually watch TV shows and um, they analyze the TV shows of how they flow. And so in the fall, we write a short story. And then in the spring we write our novel and that for some, Laura, I'm not kidding. I have one girl who is, she's not even finished the middle and she must have 75 pages. I have another young man who's at five pages <laughs> and tells me he's finishing the middle. I'm like, mm, no, maybe you're not, but that is, um, it really is a fun thing and they're really, I I really enjoy teaching it, and I think
0: it's a class the kids
1: really enjoy.
0: I love that you're having them view it that way, as in scenes and and like a TV show or a movie. I know when you're writing your audience, you're writing for an audience, and that's really important, and it actually gives your writing a much better feel to it. And so – You know, if a student was just writing for their teacher to read it, you know, they they may have to make assumptions about their teacher, and they may look at her and say, oh, she's a 55-year-old mother of four. She's going to want to see this kind of a story. But if they don't know you that well, it may not be the kind of story you would want to read anyway. But when you're doing it as if it were a TV show, the typical American TV audience is a little different than a 55-year-old grandmother. So they're going to write a little differently when they think about it that way as well. And so, because I've had some of your students in my classes and I've, I've kind of drawn them out and let them talk to me about their work in that class. And it is fun listening to them because you can tell they have in their mind an audience of, Teenagers and young adults or, you know, usually that's the crowd that they're writing to and, and you can see that and you can hear that in their description of their characters and where they've got their, well, the settings and, and, and the kinds of things they've got going on in their stories. I just think that's really been helpful for them.
1: That's so cool. And it's neat that you brought up audience because One of the most important things, if you, if they, some of these kids really have talent and they could write and publish cozy mysteries. And when you write cozy mysteries, you are writing for an audience, like you said. And that's what I love about them reading out loud because it reminds them, I'm writing for an audience. I'm reading this out loud to people. This is my audience. And I think that is so significant about any writing. And we lose that sometimes when we teach writing. We lose that perspective of writing for an audience. And so I think that is, that's really significant. One of the things that I really enjoy about a cozy mystery compared to other fiction writing is the way you have to wrap everything up at the end it all has to make sense it has to be logical it has to fit all those clues all those red herrings they have to make sense at the end and i know there are times i've read a a cozy mystery where the author did not tie it up well and it's so frustrating because you think well what about the bone that the dog unburied from the backyard what is that you know you never addressed it and so that's one of the things we do and that honestly was such a surprise at how much critical thinking logical thinking goes into creating a cozy mystery it really is you know you're tricking your audience to think that someone else did it or maybe two different people could have equally done it, and then the end is a twist and a surprise. So it involves such a different kind of thinking than writing an essay or writing a report or writing a research paper.
0: So just in case there's anybody out there who doesn't know, a red herring is basically a clue that points them in the wrong direction. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay, yeah, because I've read Murder Mysteries, That there's none of that, and you're like, right from the beginning, you know everything that's going on, and you're like, why am I even bothering the rest of the story? It does make it more interesting when you have those kind of twists in it and kind of pointing you in the wrong direction, but it does have to make sense. I mean, it's just silly to throw in something that points you in the wrong direction, but then you don't ever explain where that went. And so, yeah, yeah, that can be And it's fun watching a detective sort through all the good clues and the bad clues. And, and you know, they discard these for these reasons and they keep following those till they get to the conclusion. And I think it's fun watching the students learn how to do that. And, you know, go ahead. You talked about the book. You're teaching this class and I think you teaching the class at True North Homeschool Academy is really great opportunity for families because it's a bigger audience and it is peers that they can read with, but it also is a great class to to read and um, to do at home. And so, you know, families don't need to feel like if they can't do the the class then they can't do um who done it. If they can take the class, that really I think is the best way to go to get that bigger group together. And with you, the teacher of the class who, who originated the, um, the text, I think it really would benefit students a lot, families as a whole, to have their students in your class. But I do want to encourage people that if for whatever reason, schedule or the expense, they can't do that, please consider this course for your um, yes. high
1: schoolers anyway. It is so reasonably priced. You know, you talked about families. This year in my class, I have a set of twins and their older sister in the class. They're all in Mm -hmm. high school and that is so fun because their writing is so different and yet you can see the family like kind of showing up in the story. So often we create characters that imitate real life. And one of the things that is so sweet is that in these in their, these kids' writing, you see this love of learning and a real love and respect for their parents. And that's just kind of an added benefit for me as I teach to get a glimpse inside so many families as they're writing. And I guess the last thing that we have to teach in a cozy mystery class, which is another skill, is that when you create a setting, you have to be really careful to stay true to the setting so i had a student who was putting his setting in the the turn of the century the 1900s early 1900s and in part of his story he had his detective receive a fax and i was like in his mind he probably thinks a fax is kind of old fashioned but i had to say there was no fax probably most places <laughs> didn't have a phone so that was pretty fun but that that is the joy. So, if you're listening out here and you're interested in writing a cozy mystery, you can purchase Who Done It Murder Mystery Literature and Writing Course at Amazon or on our website powerlineprod.com, or you can join my class online, and that's at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And all the links for all of these things will be in the show notes. So. Again, thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon and learning about writing a cozy mystery in high school.
0: Great. We have really enjoyed talking with you today, and we hope you have a great week, and God bless you all. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.